Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. Uh, we got Austin Lenny here. We got my good friend, uh, Mr. Jamie Gruber. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, brother. How are you? Doing good. This is, I've been talking to this guy forever. He's one of my favorite people, so I'm super pumped to have him on here. You're going to hear great stuff. Uh, Jamie uh, has got a great job uh, in the insurance world, but he's also a, a multifamily investor. Um, I run his South Texas group. It's uh, one of the fastest growing Facebook groups for multifamily investing and more um, to just learn about mindset, investing, uh, so much content in that video. So we're just going to start from the beginning. And uh, why don't you tell us uh, kind of how you got started um, and, and kind of your story? My whole story, I want to go back to like birth. Let's parent, talk about two years old. You know, what did you feel? Did you, you know, what was your mindset at two years old? No, I'm just kidding. Let's talk about you, let's start from, uh, you know what? Perfect. I got in a great idea. Let's start from when you joined M1. I think that's perfect. Okay. The, yes. Like maybe the months leading up to like searching for the mastermind. Cause yeah, I know yeah. it, I know it changed me as much as it changed you. So th- it I think- did, it did. Yeah. I'm a career W2 guy, right? So I've always worked in a W2 position, uh, and I've been successful with that. I've moved up through the ranks. I've moved a couple of times from New York to Boston, Boston to Michigan, always taking bigger and better jobs. Uh, income is good. You know, there's a, there's a lot of benefits to it and everything. Um, but I ran into a bit of a roadblock when I moved to Michigan, specifically with, you know, the organization I was taking over. I struggled to get traction. Uh, my boss was under a ton of pressure, which means I'm under a ton of pressure. Um, and I had severe doubts about my abilities for the first time in my, at the time, 17 uh, year career. In leadership, a lot of years, uh, had always been able to figure out a way to success. And I was just running up against a lot. Coupled with that was a big move away from a place I truly loved in Boston to a place I wasn't so sure about in Michigan. Uh, So I had a little bit of, I don't know, I don't want to call it buyer's remorse. I don't really believe in regret, but um, you know, it it took a little bit of the wind out of my sails. Um, And, you know, this sense that the job that I sought, which I thought would give me fulfillment, lo and behold, a job can't do that for you. So you have to seek it elsewhere. Um, so for me, that was a matter of, okay, I, you know, at the same time I was kind of getting interested in real estate. I had read a few things. I'd looked at a few, uh, books, gotten a bigger pockets, all the things people do when they start out in real estate or, or wanted to be in real estate. And, um, what I learned really early and quickly was real estate investing is part and parcel with mindset. In fact, you can't have the second, the first real estate investing without the, the, the second, you have to have a solid foundation, a solid mindset. And I didn't, I wasn't sleeping. Uh, I was completely tied to my identity being what I did for a living. Um, and that's a lot of condition. It's years and years and years of conditioning to be that way. So for me to undo that and for me to separate my identity from my day job, uh, I sought the guidance of others. And that led me down this path of this thing called a mastermind, which I hadn't really heard of before. Um, in looking around, I found uh, a group called GoBundance. Um, that group uh, requires a certain minimum um, net worth to, to join it. But lo and behold, there's a kind of a JV system, if you will, called M1, uh, and I, I joined. I joined M1. In fact, I remember when I was when I was talking to the recruiter at M1, 
you know, I was in this just like dark place. I was willing myself to the gym and I was at the gym when he called. So I went over to the corner of a planet fitness, sat down and, um, uh, took the call and he's like, yeah, here's what we do. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. I just how much he's like, yeah, it's this much uh, you could do. It. I'm like, no, nah, that's fine. Here, take my, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in just, I'm, I'm joining. I'm in. Um, and months later when I had gone through, uh, maybe even a year later, when I had gone through a lot of personal work and everything, I actually went back and snapped a photo of that chair. So I have that chair, a photo yeah. of it, like a point in, a point in time where I made a decision to change my life. So I just want to, I just want to catch you. I just want to catch you because we've never, I've never heard that story and you've never heard this story. True story. No, because it's funny how similar we are. It, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's, very, it's very awkward because we come from the restaurant business together too. True. But, um, I, I, I was, I was DMing, uh, something near my neighborhood and somebody DM me back, uh, from, from, uh, this website. And he was like, Hey, if you know any homes in the area, like, let me know and I'll buy them. I was like, no, you won't. Cause I'll buy them first. Like I was being a dick. And he was like, Oh really? Like, who do you think you are? Right. And so we get to talking, we talked for like three hours. I don't even know his name and found out it was Lucas Piper. And, oh, and he said, Hey, listen, I'll be at this coffee shop tomorrow. There's this thing I think you're perfect for. And I was like, I don't, what the fuck is that? I don't even know. Amway. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Mastermind, M1, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we kidding. sit down for coffee and he goes like over like a minute of the thing. And I was like, okay, here you go. I was like, he goes, I don't understand. I haven't told you anything. I go, no, no, here's my credit card. And he goes, right. I don't understand. I said, I've been looking for this for two years. Right. And it was like, you just kind of get to a point where like you've, like if I'm describing it properly, like you've grown bigger than your circle. Like, are you grown bigger than your ideas? A thousand percent. Like when I jumped into that group and I was around all these people that had similar mindsets, I went from, you know, calling people on the way home from work that I work with the bitch about the day to now all of a sudden calling you and calling people like you. And it was just such a different conversation. So yeah, the, what I was in was like a vicious cycle of, of uh, like groundhog's day. Like I just, I was in this thing. I'm feeling kind of hollow and empty being in this thing. And I needed, I needed another thing um, mm -hmm. that I felt was at another level. Uh, to, to dive into. And yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. So you get in, you're like, I Hey, in. I don't care. You're like, I, what? And then like Pandora's box, <laughs> like not quite the, not quite. Yeah. yeah. It, and we're, what I, I'm making a joke because know, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't happen like that guys. No, we're just, no. but, but God, I'm pasty on this video. I just want to make that point. No, you're, we'll, we'll talk about at the end of the video. Okay. Which, yeah, right, cool. look, look, I have a goal for July 4th. I've erased everything off my whiteboard. And the only goal is to get my legs tan. Okay. <laughs> I mean, every video, every picture I take, everybody DMs me, dude, your legs are really white. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm working on it, man. And that's how I feel about your face right now. <laughs> that's how I feel about my face. All right. So I join them when I get into this mastermind and the first uh, like kickoff call and first, you know, kind of accountability pod call, uh, I felt even more insecure than when I went in because now you're talking to all these, you know, people who are at least you know, purporting to be badass, or at least they're doing things that to me seem so foreign. I mean, you know, 38 years old at the time, and I had only known one way. And now you're sitting in a room with people who have been, you know, some of them are entrepreneurs, some of them have a nice side hustle, they have a job, but they have a pretty decent side hustle that they've built. Um, so it was, it was intimidating. Honestly, it was, it was just, it was, I wasn't sure I was in the right spot. Yeah, I wasn't sure that this is the place for me. So and, as I and, went... And and, oh, and I want to dig there because yeah. that's the point. Because I felt the same way. I want to dig in because I thought I was the shit. And then you get in like, and like, oh shit, I'm nothing. What forced you to keep pushing forward? You think? And what what forced you to do what most people do, which is back off and say, maybe I don't belong here, right? And your limiting beliefs. So, what what kind of like kept you driving forward? Yeah. 
I guess the emotional experience that had led up to it, meaning I, I you know, how do you put it? It's like you're standing down, you're standing looking at something scary, right? That scares you. And you're like, well, that's freaking horrifying. But then you turn around and you look at what's what to go back to. And they're like, oh, that's that's even scarier. That's even worse. Like when I when you turn around and you see this emptiness that your your life was. And I, I want to be clear, this has nothing to do with relationship. This is more like professionally purpose-driven, what I do work every day, right? The relationship I had, even with people at work were great, my wife, all of that. But but just the purpose of what I did and, and feeling on purpose with what I did, when I turned around and looked back at like retreating to that was scarier than what I was moving toward. And I think that's the that's the balance you have to get to. We've talked about this in a couple of different ways, but there you just have to do it in your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's plenty of things in my life. In fact, everything before that, that I would have turned and ran away because there was comfort in going back to something. Well, in that point, and I just had a podcast with a good buddy of mine, investor in Austin, what I've had to do, and you have to do the same thing when you interview people for your multifamily group, you can't, you can't control the message. You can only control the message that you put out, right? Yeah. And, and the way I mean by that is that what we're talking about now, somebody, and I've had to learn this lesson the hard way with coaching people. You can't give somebody that steps into personal development, David Goggins, that's the first book. Like, you know, so what I'm saying is like a podcast might hit you three years from now because it was at the right time. It's the same way I feel about music. There's a song that's been around for four years, but I needed to hear it last night. And so it presented itself. And what you're basically saying is when you get out of your own way and you just, maybe the message was meant for it right at that. Like maybe I was meant to meet Lucas right at that time. Maybe you were meant, you were like staying like, look, I can go back there and that's safe. But like over here is like, I, I don't know, but it, but there's something that like says it's the right time, right? It's the idea of surrendering, right? Yeah. Saying yeah. yes, just trusting in yourself that you'll figure it out, right? Like, and, and you do that throughout your life, but sometimes when it's a major shift, you know, like corporate career, corporate career, corporate career, and now entrepreneurial mastermind, it, it yeah, it's scary as hell, but yeah, you, you have to just sort of say, okay, let me just release and go and, uh, um, yeah, so, but to your point, I think it has to happen when you're ready for it, when your spirit is ready. Yeah, to and I'll share it for a separate episode because it's not the appropriate time to share it. But I've had a spiritual journey the last month. And yeah. when you do certain um, healing drugs, uh, you do you go down that road. It's almost like my, my new theory is you have to, in order to truly seek clarity and forgiveness and, and, and happiness, true happiness, you have to surrender. There's no other yeah. option. Yeah. And no what everybody's doing is they're trying to wrestle with their life, right? And by wrestling with your life, you're, all you're doing is feeding the demon. Like one of my favorite quotes is, you know, hey, grandfather, uh, you know, you told me that there's two wolves inside of you. One that is, you know, positive and optimistic and blah, blah, blah. And the other wolf is negative and an asshole. And how do you know which one is which? And he goes, well, it's by which one I feed. And it's like, yeah. it's true. Like, so if you're, if you're surrounding yourself by people like that are getting it right. And you're expanding your network by getting into these masterminds, by getting around intentional people, you're, you're driving yourself forward and you have no choice, but you know, water finds its level. Like you have no choice, but to rise up. So yeah. you're in there, you're like, man, I feel awkward, but I'm like going to keep showing up. Right. And so, yeah. so what happens next? Um, so I, I, you know, I, there's a curriculum to it. 
I dove into the curriculum. I just sort of found comfort in that there's, you know, kind of things you do every Monday, things you do every Thursday. And, you know, you're meeting with these people every week, bonding with them. So I, I, I exercised that. I just sort of built the habit, if you will. Right. I, it was when you think about the, the, the learning scale, right. I was, I didn't know what I didn't know. I was unconsciously competent and I was working my way toward conscious competence where I'm, I'm doing this stuff, but it's, it's, I'm thinking about every step I have to do. Okay. I have to do this today and do this today or whatever. I started embedding some things in that this mastermind really preaches like morning routines, evening routines, uh, different ways of budgeting, all that. I just, okay, cool. I'm just going to do it all. Um, but still, you know, I, I, I got to a point where, okay, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm kind of moving in the right direction here. I'm contacting more people. The ultimate for me was, was really two things though. First was I hired a coach from the mastermind. So I hired a coach from the mastermind. I never had a direct coach before. Didn't know what that experience would be like. But just having somebody that could, especially for me, could help me untalk the, the, or undo the negative self-talk that I had sure. had forever. Even and, things like self-deprecating humor, I had no idea how damaging that was. And, and what I want to make a point, and this is because not, not everybody that listens knows you, you're doing great at your job. It's not like yeah. you're making small money. You're crushing it. You're making tons. I know what you make. You're making tons of money, right? <laughs> yeah. So. So what I'm, what we're trying to get at here, guys, is you're like, he's still having the negative talk. He's still, and you're, what you're not understanding. And, and so this is my number one thing I do, especially in a, a social setting is I watch people's words and I don't think people understand these little things they say, Crazy. how heavy it sits with you. Right. And so, yeah. and that's what we were talking about before we got on the podcast. The man that you sit as today is not the man, even though you were in business successful, right? Mm -hmm. But there, but you were, but there, but you were peeling back layers. Oh, I had a breakdown in order to break through to that point. So the words I like, I like those little things, like I would make a self-deprecating joke, just something that's so innocent in my mind or was, and he would call me on that. Like, well, what, you know, why are you saying that? Like, ah, oh, just, just a joke. Yeah. But do you understand what you're saying to yourself? And anyway, that helped me build at least some momentum toward, okay, all right. Improve my self-talk affirmation, incantation, so on and so forth. But I ended up at a at a uh, a retreat for this mastermind for M1, and at that retreat, they went through this exercise of having after the end of the weekend when you've kind of met and bonded with a bunch of people and you have a sense of who each other is, this exercise where you would hear from everybody in a, a very it was a really theatric setting. It was well done. It really was. I but can see it. I can see it in my head, even though I haven't done it. Because right, right, kind of eyes closed, music like like very you know strong music, and people whispering in your ear as you walk down a corridor, um, what they see you as. So you say, "I am, I am," kind of in your mind, or you can verbalize it if you want as you're walking. And people are like whispering on each side, like boom, 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 like what they perceive you as after having bonded with you. And going through that line, hearing some of the things that people perceive me as things like gritty, things like handsome, things like, like I never would have, I never would have perceived myself to be, I would have thought weak, uh, you know, unattractive, whatever, just things that I, I've always told myself now between the, the intersection of the coaching I had done, the development I've done in this mastermind, and now hearing this from other people, I'm like, holy crap, it, it just, it kind of knocked me on my heels for the moment. And then the next day when I drove uh, to Boston, actually, because um, my family was, we were visiting there and we went up to Montreal is where this retreat was. Um, I, I got to ride with somebody. We got a little deeper. And then the next day I drove to Michigan and I just broke down in tears like for hours, just, you know, 40, it was my 40th birthday okay. and I had just been reborn, you know, as a, so as you a cried baby. on your 40th birthday, is that cried what on saying? my 40th birthday in, while driving, not, not, not old and, and operating a weapon. 
and uh, and I'm in tears driving along. So yeah, it wasn't Dude, wasn't, wasn't we, good for those drivers. Are we from. are are we the same person? Because I remember <laughs> crying in my car in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, after getting demolished by launching a bunch of Airbnbs. Um, yeah, you know, I remember it, that. I yeah, remember that. yeah, yeah, I think I probably called you. Uh, so, so you're 40, you're crying, you're basically reborn. I've yeah. had about seven of those, about six in the last two days. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's for another podcast. Maybe, right. Uh, yeah. I actually, I actually uh, recorded one this morning. I need to send you. Okay. Super powerful. Raw. Very love raw. To hear. Love I'll to release hear. it yeah. in two weeks. Um, so you're 40. Are, are you, are you, you're with your wife at this time or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. We've been married uh, almost 10 years. Well, we'll be married 10 years and, this year. And by the way, guys, I should cover, I should, I should put, yeah, two kids. I should put a picture of her. Cause like, you know, those weddings that you go to and it's like, how is she marrying that guy? His <laughs> wife is gorgeous and she's a killer in business. So she got, is like, pretty incredible. Yeah. I don't know how that happened. I never but, met hey, her, but attraction. I've never met her, but we, there's, there's a rumor out there that she's awesome. So, uh, <laughs> So, so, so you're, so, I mean, talk about, cause mine came later on in life too. Mine came about 31 was starting it. The last two, three years have been kind of the big ha ha moments, um, with a lot of failure, <laughs> mainly failure, uh, not fun. a lot of positives. Uh, so what are you thinking? Right? Because what I, what I explain to people, like, especially when you, when you watch and you coach people, when it's almost like stepping into another matrix, right? Like you, like this whole yeah. world that you didn't know opens up and then you start, I, I, it's hard to explain, but then you start looking at everything with a different lens, right? Yeah. Meaning relationship with your kids, wife, work, boss, you know? And so you're like, okay, where am I showing up and how am I showing up to these people? Um, I'm sure was an answer, uh, you know, a question that you ask yourself all the time. Yeah. So in that moment, you asked how what, what was going through my mind. It was a, a weird feeling of of uh, sadness, joy, uh, excitement, relief, um, all these things as I'm as I'm sort of going through this, like even amazement, just sitting back and kind of observing myself in that moment, driving home, you know, breaking down. Um, it was really incredible to see and feel this this rush of emotions all at the same time. That yeah, that hey, okay, uh, something just changed big time. Like the path of my life just changed. The big thing for me, you know, the first thing I had to overcome was was the work situation. Like that was the that was the if, if there's a root of it, that was the thing I placed so much emphasis on that drove me to a place of being of feeling broken down, of feeling incomplete, of feeling insecure. So for me, it was it was amazing to know and understand and learn the power that you have to reframe, to rename, to place, um, uh, you know, a, um, to place a, uh, a label on things. Like you choose how you, how you interpret things. Like we're just talking to somebody last night about this. If somebody were to kill somebody that you love, right. Just shoot them dead. You still choose, you know, how you react to that. Like that person didn't make you sad by killing your loved one you chose to be sad. Now, most people probably would choose to be sad or mm -hmm. angry or, or whatever the case may be. But when you get to the point of understanding that everything, every emotion, every feeling you have is your choice, even at that crazy level of the, the murder scenario I just gave you, that was extremely empowering. So now it wasn't that this person, you know, like in my case, my boss, my company or whatever was doing this to me. It was, okay, that's their perspective. And 
I, I have chosen to react to it in a certain way, which is a victim. I chose to be a victim in those circumstances. Well, I'll tell you, it's the perfect time to have this conversation and what we're dealing with on May, uh, in May with COVID and everything. Nobody has any control over your soul, your mind, your spirit, and your body. And it's, it's a choice, yeah. right? And so yeah. my joke is, this is my joke. I love you it. A joke for this? There, there's a, no, this is my like, kind of jokey story. There is a 30-year-old person right now that for 90 days had to be quarantined with Netflix and air conditioning mm. and probably got a check from the government that in 50 years, at 80 years old, will be sitting on a porch saying, COVID ruined my life. Yeah. And it was 90 days out of an 80-year life. It's a fucking choice, everybody. Yeah. And I have read 30 books. I've teach myself Spanish. I've gone on trips. I've been outside every day. It is a choice how you view this world and... That's why me and Jamie are aligned because real estate is merely a byproduct of a great mindset. Yeah, a thousand percent, thousand percent. Real estate is nothing without mindset. You can't do it without the right mindset. Thousand percent. And I'll sing this to the, till I'm 90 years old. And I have, I have, I haven't stopped learning about real estate, but I've stopped focusing on it because imperfect action leads to results. So I'd rather learn through the deal. I'd rather partner with somebody and have them teach me hands on. Mm-hmm. Because you can only learn so much from a book. You can only learn so much from a podcast That's until true. the contractor calls you and tell you there's termites. Until- Dude, I've said that so many times. Like people talk about, um, you know, uh, what do I do next? It's like a deal. Like a deal. You know, I'm not saying just buy something just to buy it, but you know, scratch some numbers down on paper, make sure it looks pretty decent, understand that you're going to get your teeth kicked in multiple times and do the deal. But you know what? I, I, I've still, people have been bit. I have not been bit to the level that some people have. I've been bit plenty in real estate, but some people have gone bankrupt post 08 or whatever, and they're mm-hmm. raging back. I think of yeah. guys like Rod Cleef, that's a big name in real estate, right? He went bust. I mean, he was millions bro, in the hole. Bro, but now I, look at him. I interviewed three GoBundance guys in the last three weeks, and all, all of them bust. went broke twice. All of them. Like, yeah. And we're talking about like Uber driver broke. Like, right. And now they're like multimillionaires. Dude, and, and look, this is a perfect segue. This is great. I, ha- I had to get this story in here and then we'll go back to your story. Uh-huh. I want to I wanna share how much I appreciate you and have it recorded. So true story, guys. This man right here, um, God love him. Uh, last year when I started a business and I thought it was my everything, I left the restaurant business. I was, whole, I was all in. I literally, we were growing like weeds and we woke up and there was no money in the business. And long story short, Um, we decided to part ways and I lost 20 grand. And for two days, I was a little bitch. I was a victim. I was like, you're going to go back to waiting tables, whatever this shit. And I called you and you said, had you ever started a business, a real business before? Have you ever gone to business school? And I Mm -hmm. said, no to both of them. And you said, I remember like it was yesterday, we'll consider this free on the job training and move on. And that's when I was like, all right. Like I got a firsthand crash course for $20,000 and I no longer played the victim. I just picked myself back up and went after it again. And since I've started four more businesses, you've been rolling, you've been rolling. So, so, but that was the defining moment because I could have literally easily, and I've never told you this story. No, you haven't. I appreciate that. No, I agree. But I never told you this story as well. Oh oh, oh. yeah. This is to add on to this and how powerful it is. Cause Chris asked me, my producer asked me to tell this story as much as possible. So, that same week, kind of in that thing, I was like, look, it's the two-year anniversary of my work. 
I'm going to go in and say hello to everybody and grab a drink. Or I don't drink at the time. So I'm just going to go in. I get in my car. I drive down. I, I get out of my car. I walk all the way into the food hall where I worked for two years, restaurant business. I put my hand on the door. I looked inside. I put my I put my hand back in my pocket and walked away. Oh yeah, yeah. I can and, imagine. And yeah. I said, I said, no, it's not your life anymore. Well, it's what I'm we done. just talked about, right? Me going like you asked about going into a mastermind like M one. Like, what made you keep going? It's that's you just physically did what I was saying emotionally. I did like turned around and looked at the at what my circumstances in my life were, and I it was scarier to do that than to move forward. That's exactly what happened. You walked up and you're like, oh god. This freaks me out. I, I'm going back. I'm going back. And it's just it. a building, but yeah. there was so much more metaphors around that sure, building, sure. right? And yeah, of course, it's like I hate to be so dramatic, but you know me. I'm a little dramatic, you know. I mean, bit, I'm bit. a little dramatic. I'm a you know, but I also have fun. So <laughs> we'll get back to you. So uh, you're you're you're. By the way, this is like the most free flowing podcast I've ever done. This is so oh, easy. good. Uh, Does that mean so, it's it's chaos? Am I creating chaos on your podcast? Well, I I I, I warm chaos. I love chaos. So perfect right, example. Uh, so you're like, I'm reborn. I'm back in the mastermind. And this is when I would imagine doors start opening and you're like, dude, holy crap. What's crazy. I'm reading this book. I don't have it here. Atomic habits. I just started ah, reading it. Dude, I recommend it. Best book ever. Great books for what I've read so far. But you know, the, the gist of it is that like, you know, the, you make 1% changes every day and it leads to huge changes long-term, right? Don't you, you know, it's never the flash. And when I, when I jumped in to M1, you know, I think this is still a reasonably short time frame. When I jumped into M1, you know, I did that as we talked about before, because I was try- I saw this GoBundance mastermind, which required, you know, a million dollar plus net worth. Thought that was really cool. And, but I didn't qualify. So instead I, I, uh, I, uh, I joined M1 to kind of get into the JV, if you will. So as I go through, I have this breakdown and like life just, it's like, it just clears like fresh powder, right? Everything's just no, no ski marks in the, in the hill at all. It's fresh powder at this point. And I start making those marks. Um, suddenly, you know, uh, I start a meetup group. Two months later, the meetup group brings me, somebody from the meetup group brings me a 16-unit deal that I close on uh, sometime thereafter. Um, the meetup group grows and grows, right? Um, I learn a little bit more about how I'm, I'm currently invested through this mastermind. And I just say, hey, the hell with it. I'm going to readjust some things. And boom, things take off in my stock portfolio. So all of that, and then you know, another deal comes across the table. We get a couple of uh, uh, duplexes. We we burr them, so we refi them out. We do, you know, we're we're, we're kind of hitting on all cylinders at work. By the way, all the stress and anxiety and everything like that has gone away. My organization went from kind of worst to first. The one I took over that was struggling, you know, significantly improved. Things were clicking for me. And but um, but, yeah. but but I want to go here. I'm gonna go deep here. But why? Like why? Like. I know that's like an open-ended question, but but yeah. but I want I want to I want to wrap it up. I want to because I believe that the I believe that 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 people are blocking themselves um, from abundance with scarcity and victim mentality, and it, it's like almost metaphysical when you open up your eyes to abundance or like the the things start flowing. So I'm trying to yeah. drill down on what do you yeah. So get, getting back to that. So so what. What I was going to say was 10 months later in that timeline, um, I qualified and joined GoBundance. So this initial thought that I want, uh, it would be kind of cool to join in, you know, 10 months after my joining M1 and going through all that we just talked about, we joined Go, I joined GoBundance. But that didn't happen. Like joining GoBundance 10 months later, qualifying for it didn't happen at the 10 month mark, right? 
it happened when I joined because at that point I had a morning routine and I started executing that. I remember, you know, getting up early all of a sudden. I was never a morning guy. I tell myself that I'm a night owl. I'm not a morning guy. I reversed that and I started doing this morning routine. And for months and months, all it was was that. Like, yeah, it felt pretty good. You know, I felt like my day was a little better, but I couldn't tell you specifically what going through a meditation practice and affirmation and all of that stuff did for me. I couldn't like quantify it. I started executing on the curriculum with an M1 religiously every Monday, every Thursday, as we talked about. I started meeting with my coach and implementing some of the things that my, or all of the things my coach would, would teach me or, or give me um, tools, tactics, little, little, um, uh, you know, little things I, w- I, I had to do for my own psyche, like writing certain things down or whatever. These things were all habits that I was forming, just little things I would do every day. Start the master, uh, the meetup group. The meetup group has um, is growing in Facebook, and I habitually would post on a daily basis, go live on it. So all these little actions, like none of them in, in and of themselves big, all these little actions, and this isn't like at the 10-month mark, I joined GoBundance, and I'm like, wow, those habits, look what they just did. But as I reflect back now, you know, a year plus later, um, that's what it was. Like when I, at the point at which everything that came to me from that point in was because I was consistently applying uh, habits that served me. I was eating better. I was exercising religiously. I was, again, I had a morning routine. I was reading more, more, uh, more effectively. My mind just opened to things, right? I was saying yes to things more. I was meeting people more. I, there was, there was just a, a, uh, uh, small changes that I made in different areas of my life that led to outcomes, outcomes beyond, I think even what I saw, or at least in the timeline that I saw them. So I think that's the, the genesis of it is what is your life like today? Put that down, whatever it is, a small thing, and and add in a habit that serves you or undo a habit that's not serving you. I mean, you stop drinking. That's a big habit to undo, right? Mm-hmm. But it does, doesn't serve you, right? Uh, victim mentality was a habit that you broke, you slipped into when your, your business failed initially, but the habit that you have is not to be, so you you came out of it. And I want to make a point, two, two, two extremely important points on the slipping in and drinking. In the past, if I wouldn't have been in the mastermind, yeah, and I would, my business would have failed. It would have been a three-month spiral of alcoholism. But because your network, because yeah. my network is strong, and they won't let me go there. And 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 here's the deal: I'm writing a piece to my fat, my my dad. You know, whatever. I, my my dad are having a fight, and I write this thing, and I feel like it's great. Like I'm finally standing up for myself, and I'm telling. I'm telling him like, fuck you, you know? And then like, of course, like my network is like, you sound like a bitch. And I'm right. like, I'm like, wait, I feel so good about it. And they're like, yeah, but reread it. You're being a little victim. You know, I was right. like, oh. And so like Chris, my producer, great story. I didn't even do this, so I can't take the credit, but his brother did. So he's from the restaurant. He's from the music business his whole life. Played with Stained, the band I worked for oh, forever. Yeah. Uh, he produced my podcast. I didn't know he, you work with Stain. No, he did, Chris. Oh, oh, not, oh not, no. you. He was okay, the bass player for 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 Aaron Lewis. So, gotcha. uh, doesn't matter. So he wanted to get into real estate, and his brother asked him. His brother's in uh, construction in Dallas, and he asked him a simple question. <laughs> it's so money. He because he works with broke musicians producing their album. So he said, "Hey, Chris, do you know anybody that makes over seventy five k a year?" And he goes, "No." I go. He goes, "Well, there you go." And, and I asked him when he got hired, I said, Hey man, what do you want to do? He goes, I want to meet real estate investors that are doing a bunch of deals and they make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. I go, okay. 
Like, boom, I just set you up five appointments. He goes that quick. I go, yeah, that's it. And in that time frame, in two week period, he interviewed six people on his podcast mm-hmm. that had like 600,000, like six, 600 units flipping all these houses. And he's like, that was quick. And I'm like, that's what happens when you remove the negativity, you remove the people doing the same thing, going to the bar, going to the, doing the same thing. And you surround yourself with people that make personally make me feel uncomfortable a lot of the times, like often, yeah, often. And you're in yeah. a group. I mean, good Lord, you're in a group with, with dudes that are worth like $500 million. These right? guys, man, like I'm entry level. These guys are, are, are they're, and, they, and they're just, they're just steamrollers. Like, and they, they just, they have like five multiple multi-million dollar businesses and they don't mess around. And yeah. something I've learned from them is they'll give you the opportunity, but you better fucking take it. And you yeah, better, and you better move quick. You better yeah. move quick. They will, they will open the door for you, but that door is, is open. So what I do, yeah. true story, I saw Maddie A at the event you went to on Instagram and I started bugging this guy. And I basically bugged him till he gave me 10 minutes and I flew across the country. Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And I had coffee with him and now we're doing deals together and I just hung out with him for his birthday. What are you willing to do for your goals? Like, because these guys will give you, I'm not shitting you. There's guys that might give you three minutes, but like if you impress them or you add value, like this is what can these, I mean, these guys are doing deals, like a lot of deals and you can learn so much in such a, like, I feel like my trajectory has just like hundred percent. And, and you know, you make a great point about te- being teachable. Um, I think I, we, we were talking about uh, uh, this, this audio that I had sent you or whatever, something that you'll learn there. And I think this is a great lesson is for you to change, for you to really, to, to get what you want. You have to determine how teachable you are. And the best way to understand how teachable you are is to ask yourself, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to not do? What are you willing to lay down and not have in order to, in order to learn that thing? So you wanted to learn how to invest from a guy that you viewed as at the top of his game. So what are, we, what are you but, willing but, to but, do? But point, what are you willing but, to give up? But point, very important. And it's funny because I'm thinking about it in our conversations when I talk to Maddie or you or anybody from GoBundance, do you know how much we talk about real estate? Oh yeah, never. Seconds. My my uh, my pod in GoBundance. It's it's a good point. My pod in GoBundance. Rare, like right now in COVID, we're talking. We're you know there's some interest in like how oh, what what comes of this? Like what business opportunities might there be for sure? But up until this point, the year plus that we've been meeting, it's about being better fathers, better husbands, better people, um, being happy you know, what kind of things we want to do to, to, for ourselves to be happy, getting together, bonding, like talking to each other about being successful and being okay with being successful as opposed to being successful and being ashamed of it. Well, it's really funny. Oh, I love this. It's like, it literally was the point I was going to make. I was riding in a car and it was the first time, I'm not shitting you this, 38 years, I'm 38, I'll be 39 in December, that I told myself and I screamed it out loud that I will be successful. I accepted it. Like, I know that sounds so simple to just say, but that's kind of what you're saying. Like there yeah. is this, there is this, there is this part that, that people think that like, Oh, like money's evil and all this shit. It's like, no, I want to give away like $10 million. I want to create 10 millionaires. Like in order to give more money away, you have to make more money. Right. And so like, you have to like come to grips with like, maybe like I would imagine as a child, like maybe your parents gave you like bad 
programming around money. Like, oh, sure. your dad's oh. like, you know what I'm saying? 100%. So, like, you have to shift those thoughts in your mind that like money is is access. Like, it's yeah. it's. I'll give you a quick story on that. My sure. mother recently, my my mother and father, you know, they they. She's, she works like as a, in a billing department of a hospital. My dad's a retired plumber. You know, they, they live pretty modestly. My dad uh, was doing work for the church just because he wanted to. And the church was like, oh, no, we'll pay you. We'll put you on the payroll or whatever. My mom was like, oh, that's going to hurt us at tax time. And I'm trying to explain to her, like, I don't understand how that hurts you. Like, are you saying you're going to be taxed more than what he makes? Well, no, but because he makes some and we have to, well, at the end of the year, I won't get as big a return. It's like, you're, you're making more money. Like, you're <laughs> So to your point about programming, that's what I grew up with. Great if, you're getting a big, if you're getting a big return, your businesses suck. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, exactly. So, so, but to your point a minute ago, I want to actually give you this on So you said about how you, you shouted to yourself and maybe you didn't use this word, but I will be successful. Is that mm-hmm. the words you used? No, good point. Way to catch that. <laughs> maybe I didn't say that exact. I am successful is what well, I Well, not only that, but okay, good. Do you believe but what that is success? forecasting? What is success? Debatable. I mean, yeah. that is that we could have a four hour, we could have a four hour podcast on what is we success. We could, but I'll just leave it with this small point on sure. this is I think that's the, that's the problem sometimes is when you are in a group like this and when you do get into proximity of guys like Ingo Bundance who yeah. have had financial success, mm-hmm. like you learn very quickly. Like, so what am I going to tell a guy in my pod making a million plus a year? Right? <laughs> I've never made a million plus a year, yeah. right? It's what goes to your mind. But where he's had that success financially greater than mine, Perhaps my success greater than his is in my my marriage, and I can help him with that. So you got to be careful in saying I will be or I I am in a way of trying to convince yourself. Success is is you know like you want more. I get that, but success often gets tied to monetary reward, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just not. And I know it's easy for people with money like like these guys that I hang out with for them to say ah yeah money's not everything. It's you know it's about the relationships, about this that and the other. But what they all they all they are is fifty years ahead of their time. They just got rich early at 30, 40, 50 years old, and they're talking like an eighty-five year old guy who maybe never had money, but at the end of his life understands going back that the pursuit of it was never really that important. So many things he could have or should have done with his life that he regrets. So I mean, you, I think you people gotta be careful with that. You couldn't be more clear. I remember riding on a plane because I had a bunch of Airbnb meetings in different cities, and then a conference. And I was riding on a plane from Dallas to Denver and I said to myself, be careful wishing for success because you might be living the dreams that you've always wanted right now. That's perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think people get caught up and in my, one of my high performances coach that does like ultra marathons, Rick Alexander is one of my favorite humans in the planet. He said, Austin, when I did his workshop, he said, Austin, the number one thing that you'll have to work on. And if you don't get this, you'll never be happy. There's nowhere to get. There's always another real estate deal. There's always yeah. another, well, everything. There's always another bike you could buy. There's always another thing. So if you don't find little joys and you know your 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 oh, kids spilling spaghettios and all that, we're like stacking stuff now. But we talked about routines and morning habits and all of that good stuff. That is, if anybody were to ask me, like, what's one one thing that you would say has been transformational for you? Just one thing. I get you have a routine. You had a coach. And you did this. You did that. Cool. You read this book. What's one thing I would say 100% is my meditation practice. Just every day, not doing it here and there, not cutting it short, but like every day doing a minimum of 10 minutes for me every morning, literally. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's very few days I miss. Like that 
practice is not about like, oh, damn it, I'm distracted. Let me, let me, let me, you know, my, I can't get my mind clear. It's not about that. It's recognizing that you're thinking and being curious about those thoughts and coming back to a present moment. And when you yeah. do that 10 minutes a day, every day, right, it, it, it spills into the rest of your life to what exactly you just described. In a moment of sunshine, you can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a moment with your kids where they're jumping in the pool, you can pause that and really dive into it and bake into it. Yeah. Being present, that's the one thing I've learned for me has been most impactful. And it is easily probably the number one trait of every successful person that I deem to be successful around me. Yeah, we did a we did a little meditation at dinner the other night in uh, Arizona with a friend of mine who's big into personal development. And we we're talking about my alcoholism and how I've never really respected that I quit so easily, you know, easily, but quit, and I've never really acknowledged that I quit and all this stuff. You know, I never really gave myself credit. Is what I'm saying. That's and, big. Yeah. And she was talking about like if you were to meet the 50 year old version of you, like what would he be saying to you? And the words that kept repeating themselves was peace, like just, like just just slow down. Like, mm. and so what I'm trying to do right now is like, I want all these things and I want to do Ironmans and every, you know me, I want to do all this crap, yeah. but, but, but it's those experiences, you know, the, the sunset on the beach and the lake trip and all these things. That's when I meditate, that's what I meditate about. It's sure. like those moments. Right. And you're like, so I've been doing the cold showers for a month. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing the breathing now, the breathing technique. I'm about to do one on Thursday. I think it's helping a ton. Um, so, you know, guys, we're just talking about these multiple avenues, you know, uh, atomic habits, uh, miracle morning. That's another book. That's fantastic. Yeah. But, 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 but most importantly, we've covered a lot of stuff in this podcast. It's one day at a time. You know, how do yeah. you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You can't just, that's what, that's why you need to read atomic habits because it's yeah. small little wins. I think the thing that's not talked about in real estate and life in general is momentum. I think momentum is the secret weapon. And I think that when you stack small wins on top of each other in business, it allows you to keep moving forward. And that's all we're looking to do is just continue to move forward. Yeah, and I think you have to do it. it like you said about the bite-sized chunks. So you want to lose weight. So to lose weight, you need to stop drinking soda, go to the gym, stop eating fast food and drink more water, right? whatever. Those are the things you dub as like, that's what I got to do tomorrow or today or whatever. You do it right away because you're motivated. The issue with all of that at the same time, unless it comes in my opinion from like a true emotional experience, like heart attack, somebody died close to you, then you can, you can quickly transition your entire being and life. You could become somebody different in a moment. But the way you become, the way you, the way you build is by becoming somebody different. First of all, it's not by doing different things necessarily. It is eventually by becoming somebody different. And the way you become somebody different is by doing things differently, but incrementally. So in the example I gave you, stop drinking soda. Just that. Go to McDonald's, eat a burger, eat fries. Just don't drink the soda, yeah. right? Don't work out. Don't drink more water. I guess you got to drink something. So maybe you drink more water as a result. But the point is, is just stop drinking soda. Let that happen for a week, two weeks, whatever. Then stop going to, or no, don't even like, then go work out a day, two days a week, right? Now I stopped drinking soda. I'm kind of there past the caffeine headaches. And now I'm over to working out, but I'm still going to McDonald's right after my workout. I'm going to Burger King. I'm going to get myself a Wendy's burger, right? No, it's like, how you do that? Yeah. You go into that. So my point is like, to your point, like it's little incremental changes to become 
this other person who then can like really embed these behaviors in, in you and you grow from there. That's my, that's what no, I've done it both ways. And it's like, I, I don't even learn the lesson all the time. Like I've done it that way and it was successful. And then like two years later, I decided to go the, I'm doing it all tomorrow route. And I just, I, I have to remember for myself and bring myself back to every success has been with little changes or a big emotional uh, experience that shifts me. Thousand percent. I had to learn my own lesson. My coach kind of beat me up. Um, I had a buddy who wanted to stop drinking. He's been a uh, alcohol, you know, out, whatever you want to call it for 25 years. And I was like, just stop drinking. And he's like, Hey, he's like, Hey Dick. He's like, you don't, he's like, it did, he didn't like, he's like, you, do, you can't just tell somebody to stop drinking. He goes, you can ask him to stop drinking like two days a week. Right. Like, because what we have to do is we have to address the problem of why he was drinking in the first place. Yep. And so it's so quick for somebody to say like, Oh, just stop it. But what we're asking you to do guys is just small incremental taking things out of your life or placing it with something positive. Look, there's no qualms about it. Anybody that knows me knows I have the most addictive personality on the planet. Mm. I'm on a song right now. I'm on three different songs. I'll listen to them 70 times in one day. No joke. Yeah, I'm with you. But I would much rather be addicted to Ironman training and eating well than doing meth and, and drinking alcohol. So you can pick your addictions, guys. And, and I'd rather be addicted to healthy stuff. But what I want to get here in the end of the thing, which is powerful for me, I know I'm going through some changes in my personal life right now um, with my marriage, um, which I'll share more later on when I feel like um, I'm just protecting my, my other right now. Um, but the story you told me, because you weren't always with your wife, um, mm-hmm. I thought I really want to end it here after this story and kind of button it up because I think it's one of the most powerful stories that has helped me separate myself from, from telling the truth and from you know, really stepping into like your true self and, and, and not, not lying to yourself. Right. So, you know, I'll set it up. So before your wife, you were, you were dating somebody for, for quite a while. Right. And I'll let yeah. you kind of take it on from here. Yeah. I was engaged actually engaged to be married. I met this girl when I was in my early twenties and I was following the pattern, right? My parents did it. My sisters did it. You meet somebody, you get married young, you have kids and that's it, right? Like you just, you set right after the sunset um, and you lead your life. So young, met the, I had the job, I had the car. Well, here's the girl I'm supposed to marry her. I get engaged to her, knowing probably the whole time, you know, that, uh, that I, I don't really want to do this, but I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm just going to do it. So we were engaged uh, for like a year and a half and about three weeks before the wedding. I just, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go through with it. So I called it off. So I called the wedding off three weeks before. And remember, you think about it, three weeks before invitations are out, you know, everything's booked. Everything's ready to go. So you have to undo all of that um, to do that. But, you know, we stuck together for a bit. So so the relationship was, uh, it went through this thing of like, you know, I had things I want to do or I felt like I wanted to do. You know, she was more introverted, a little bit more, you know, she, she suffered from anxiety and migraines when things would get a little bit tense. Um, you know, things like driving in a snowstorm. Like driving in, not even a snowstorm, just flurries. She'd come home and migraine, just like you know, like, oh crap. Sometimes to the hospital to get her to get her injected because the migraine was so bad. Um, always, it was just everything was such a ball of stress for her, and that stressed me out to the point where I just got fed up. And every three months, me and my buddies would get together and I'd explain what's going on in my life, and they'd say some things with their life, and I'd be like, oh, I guess this is normal, and I just keep returning to it, keep returning to it, culminating and calling off the wedding, sticking with her afterward uh, because I never felt. I always felt in a way, well, two things, if I'm being honest. One is uh, I didn't want to go through the pain of ending it. 
I mean, really, I just didn't want to deal with that. It was always a reason not to, ah, it's almost the holidays. It's almost her birthday. There was always a reason not to deal with it. Right. Mm -hmm. The second thing was I was convinced that, you know, she, what is she going to do? Like she doesn't have the ability to exist because she's so codependent. She stresses out when the snow falls, for God's sake, flurries. She's freaked out. Um, somebody comes and sits at our table when we're eating dinner. She freaks out like anything just like spun her out and got her literally sick, physically ill. So how is she going to survive this person that, you know, I, I I'd come to care for and, and everything else. I'd lived with her for a long time, but you know, it got to a point where I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore for me. And I had to make the decision for me to walk away. And I remember, I remember the moment I, I kind of ended it uh, both, both ending the wedding and then later ending the entire relationship, that sense of sadness and relief all at the same time. And um, what was crazy was we had, a, so she ended up uh, meeting a guy and moving to Oklahoma. Um, I, I'm sure she was dating him before we were officially ended, which was fine. That was actually good for me. Like, thank God, go. Yeah. For, for me, I moved to Boston after that from New York. So we kind of moved our separate way. And um, we had a dog. We had a dog together, um, a, a chocolate lab. And I remember she came back from Oklahoma to New York and I was in Boston. She's like, hey, um, I'm at my boyfriend's house. They don't, they're allergic. They can't have dogs. Can you take the dog? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I meet her halfway. This is a six hour run, three hours, right? Where I'm coming from is clear. Where she's coming from is a snowstorm. And so she's driving in the snowstorm out to meet me. And, and here I am. And I'm like, oh crap, a snowstorm. Oh wait, she's with her boyfriend. So her boyfriend is driving. All right, cool. That's all good. So I pull into this gas station where we agree to meet. She pulls in because she's late because the snow has kind of slowed them down. Who hops out of the driver's seat, strong, happy, but her driving in a snowstorm when flurries would give her a migraine. So it was in that moment when I felt even after the breakup, like I still got to answer her call. I still got to be there if she needs something because she's this weak, meek, sad individual who's completely codependent, uh, who can't even drive when flurries fall. When I was out of the picture for me, like I wanted to be out of the picture. I wanted to break because I was being held back. That moment was a, a firm realization of how much I held her back, how much she was being held back by me because suddenly girl who can't drive in snowflakes is driving in a full out storm with no migraine, no haunch, no freaking out, no biting nails, no stress, no tension. It was pretty, uh, it was pretty empowering to me to see, you know, how, how, how much I was impacting her life as much as my life was being impacted, or at least how I felt about it. So yeah, I, that's that's kind of the the history of it, and and you know it's funny because in the time that I I was you know kind of done with that relationship, I remember like I am I'm good, man. I'm single. I am good to be single for 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 forever. I honestly was completely cool with being a lifetime bachelor, uh, and I think when you accept the absence of something is when you get what you truly want. Uh, within like the week of saying that and breaking up, I met my wife. So the person that is the exact you know, not codependent, completely independent, doesn't need to be me, wants to be with me. Um, all of the things that I would have manifested in a person, you know, physically, emotionally, uh, uh, the way our relationship works appeared only when I put down the desire for it, or when I accepted the fact that it may never be and was completely happy with that. I shouldn't say put down the desire for it, but I accepted that it couldn't happen. Would be nice to be in a, a relationship that's very fruitful and and uh, and beneficial to, to both me and the other person. But if it doesn't happen, I'm cool with that. That's why people who say they would die and truly believe that probably achieve the greatest successes in life, right? Because they, they're not afraid of the, of the other side. If they end up dead, then they end up dead. 
So they'll, they'll, they'll do anything to get to the top. They, they'll do anything which allows them to get to the top. Uh, that was a, two realizations for me. One was how much I was holding her back. And the second was how when you give up on, not give up, when you accept that it may never happen and you're truly content with that, how things appear in your life. So that's my story. Mm, powerful. And I'm just thinking, cause I'm kind of going through the same thing right now. I'm looking at her point of view of the story. Uh, I think that she, vice versa, me, you, everybody, I think she was feeling like she needed to be a certain person with you. hundred percent. And because of that, it was just like, we both did. Yeah. And so like by doing that, you have two people that are not being truthful and they're just lying to themselves. And so that creates the anxiety and then crap is built on top and on top, on top. of that. You can't be you ever like that, man, that's, that's tough. That's stressful. Like, you know, I had to come home and, you know, not just be loose and relaxed and cool and all that. And how many, and how many people are not looking in the mirror at themselves and realizing how fake they're being like, right. And how can you ever have peace when you're, when you're just, you're so just not you. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there's a reason we talked about, there's a reason why 75% of marriages end in divorce is because the large majority of them never should have happened in the first place, never should have happened. So when people, and I'm probably a little too curt with this sometimes, but when people talk about, you know, not like a, a temporary or a small setback in a relationship, you know, something happened or whatever, but like, you know, like truly like, you know, deep seated, differences between you and the other person and what to do. I, I don't know. Maybe therapists would hate me for saying, but I'd be like, then just go. <laughs> just end it. Like, right. Like just there's, move there's, on. There's, there's, there's one life. And, and right. I, I've said this on three podcasts. Or I don't give a shit. I'll say it again. The number one quote, uh, Kyle sees everybody is so concerned about what they will lose by telling the truth. Cause that is quantifiable. You have no idea what you might gain by setting yourself free. Great. And when your soul is, and I, this was the same thing in business, by the way, guys, too, because I was lying to myself about what type of employee or owner I could be in my business. And I was so uncomfortable that I was miserable. It's the same thing in a relationship. Yeah. And so it's not until you truly set in who you are and what you do that, that, you know, you can set yourself free, but I, I want to hear that right now. Thank you for that. What's that? I needed to hear that right now. So thank you for that. Fantastic. Well, I know I want to respect your time, but give them the quick elevator pitch. Uh, I'm part of South Texas, multifamily and more. Let's get them some plugs on here. Guys, hands down, best private Facebook group for content. You've entered Brandon Turner, uh, Rob Cleef, uh, Austin Adams. I mean, you name it. They've been on there for all for free, all for all for free guys. Adams, excuse me. Sorry, Sorry, sir. Um, but, but, but just tell them the quick about that and they can join, uh, you got them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, So multifamily and more, we're a networking community. We have multiple chapters, 18 of them to be specific. Uh, so we try to localize it. You can go to multifamilyandmore.com. Just spell the words out multifamily and more.com. See all the chapters and and sign up for any of them. If you want to check out kind of the core content of the entire brand, Instagram is at multifamily and more Facebook is at multifamily and more youtube.com slash multifamily and more. We've got some really great content on there, including some playlists. If you're a newbie playlist, if you're looking to learn about syndication uh, playlist, if you're looking to learn about capital raising, great guests, great content, youtube.com slash multifamily more. I'd encourage you to subscribe. Yeah. I appreciate it. My, my brother, yeah, uh, a great Thank episode. You, Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, if you like this episode, guys, share us, review us, rate us, send it to everybody that you know. Everybody. And, uh, we're going to put it in Jamie, all Jamie's groups, so I'm sure we'll get a lot of play from that. 
And uh, thank you so much, bud. All right, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.